Otani. He throws. Trout strikes out. Otani and Japan celebrate a World Baseball Classic championship. And on this night, the great Joey Otani and Japan just a little bit better than Mike Trout and USA. What an ending to an all-time tournament. Dave Fleming and Yonder Alonso with the call last night. Kevin Barker as Japan <clears throat> knocked off USA, USA, USA 3-2 Ooh, good one. to win the World Baseball Classic. We got to see exactly what we wanted to see in that final out. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, two guys who are teammates. One guy considered one of the best players of his generation. The other guy, not just... I think the best baseball player on the planet right now, one of the premier athletes on the planet right now. No question. And it's all downhill from there for them because the Angels are so bad. There's going to be no highlight for for them in 2023 other than that other than that particular at bat. A couple of thoughts about it, Kevin. I want to get your thoughts about this. First of all, a lot of focus on that at bat, clearly. I mean, I started looking in the seventh inning, right? And I started kind of saying, okay, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, how did the double play that was turned before Trout's at bat change? Or did it change Otani's approach during his at bat to Trout? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, Mookie Betts hadn't had it, uh, the whole WBC. I know he's gotten a couple of hits. He's a little out in front. Uh, you know, he, him and Trout sort of look the same when it comes to mechanics, lower half, being on time. Uh, I thought the Otani slider 3-2 was a terrible pitch. The pitch selection for me, I don't get it. Like, it was a perfect pitch. It's probably the best slider he's thrown in forever. Uh, the location was was special, that tunneling thing. But you threw 200-mile-an-hour fastballs right by Trout earlier in the at-bat. Why you go to a slider? He throws the slider down the middle. That game's tied. They're still playing. I like got to think, though. For me, it just doesn't make any knows, sense. Don't you think he would know something about Trout and his approach? Or is that overthinking it? Boy, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. He's well, he's going for the punch out there. Just for me, you know, you know, early in the at-bat, he was throwing 100. He was throwing his fastball. He was reading bat. He could tell that he was late. He was seeing the at-bats before and, and could tell that Trout just, you know, the up-and-in fastball, even if it was a lefty throwing 94 to Trout, that's how they were trying to get him out. They were locating very well on the elevated fastball in to Trout. And Otani was saying early in that at-bat, I don't think you can hit my hundo. I'm going to throw it and see if you can hit it. He couldn't, and then he got away with, obviously, because the pitch was so good. The slider there, the 3-2 pitch. Hey, who am I, right, to tell Otani what pitch to throw and when to throw him? I'm just saying you could have gave him a chance. You know, that thing is three inches closer to trail. That's a tie game, Jeff. We're still playing. Okay, and my point being is you don't have to throw it there because of what you threw to him early in the count. But I got to be honest with you, there was more at bats. You know, I never – I got to be honest with you, I never rooted so hard for Aaron Loop in my life. Like, I was just yelling and screaming at, at the TV, the new bar at bat, why you throw him a fastball to let him put the ball in play? New bar's not a very good hitter. All right, let's not lie, but he ain't. You throw him the sweeper there. That run doesn't score. The game could be different. The Kyle Schwarber, uh, two guys on with the 3-0 over swinging, he, he takes this nice, easy swing that he took when he hit the homer late in the game. That game's different. 
the 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 two at bats with Trout and Goldschmidt mm-hmm. with two runners on. You, you, you think I'm a little sore because of the game? I was paying so the much Goldschmidt attention. Goldschmidt at bat really stuck out. I thought absolutely. The Trout at bat. It gets back to that with two runners on the seventh inning with nobody out. It's a little flare to right field. It's. The big at-bats like that, I think we're all trying to pay attention to the last at-bat because that's what everybody wanted to see. But the game for me was lost. The, the United States was 0 for 7 runners in scoring position. I know how you roll your eyes about runners in scoring position stats. That's a big deal. You had your dudes up when it mattered the most. They didn't get the big hit. Again, I don't want to take anything away from Japan. They had a really good approach. They made some great pitches when they had to. But, man, it's just those little at-bats that if they were a little bit different, there could have been a different outcome. We will have Blue Jays baseball today on the radio and on TV. The Jays take on the Baltimore Orioles in Dunedin. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Belt, Kirk, Varsho, Chapman, Biggio, Kiermaier. That is the Blue Jays lineup. Jose Barrios gets a start for the Blue Jays today. Stop it. My guess is it'll be one of the most watched Starts of spring training by a Blue Jays pitcher. No we'll, t- we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Speaking of Blue Jays pitchers, Kevin Gossman scheduled to join us at the uh, at, at at the bottom of the hour. Kevin, I wanted to ask you about Team USA. If you are Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Mike Trout, Jeff McNeil, whoever, and you go back to your clubhouse in spring training today. Are you kind of looking at your, at Justin Verlander, at Max oh. Scherzer, and going, where the hell were you guys? Garrett Cole. Garrett no Cole. Question. Exactly. There, no you, question. Where the hell were you guys? Absolutely. Because if they're there, they win it. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, oh, without Kevin, God, that's not even, to me, the story about this is. Uh, Merrill Kelly's pitched in the biggest yeah, game of the WBC. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely is your point. Nothing, I'm not taking anything away from Kelly. He tried his hardest. No, and I'm not taking anything away from Japan. I'm not taking anything away from Japan. I'm not either. I'm but, not either. But the best for the United States didn't show up. Yeah. And it wasn't because of the guys that are on the field already. It was because of the guys that were saying, you know, that they couldn't get the insurance to show up. Okay. Mike Trout's hurt all the time. He was there. He make 400 and however much money he's making. Like, I, I get what, what certain situations, certain guys, you know, and I'm never going to pick on a guy because they want to no. put their organization first. Absolutely. I would never, ever do no. that. And you've earned the money that you're making. Yep. Absolutely. But, man, if you're sitting back today and you're going, hey, <laughs> the United States, the way it was looking, if we'd had some better pitches and some bigger and some bigger spots, we're taking that, and we're we're coming away a winner. And, and I just think that's a big deal for right. me. Right, and that, and that to me is you know because people were talking about. I, mean, I was on our, our our morning show in in Calgary today uh, with George and Maddie, and they were asking about the World Baseball Classic and 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 this final and and the long run, you know, the the long range impact of it. And for me, the whole question is, will it change enough of the pitcher's minds? Like, you'll get buy-in. Now, now that Betts is there and Trout is there, you'll get buy-in from position players. Sure. And I, Kevin, I don't know about you. I think position players, look, if you're a position player, what would you rather do? Play games in Dunedin and Sarasota? Stay in a nice hotel. Well, it depend, depends on if I'm an established guy or not. If I'm a dude that's already made exactly. my money and already it, signed my big deal, that's I'm what going I'm saying. to that thing. That, Absolutely. That, that's what I'm saying. No question. Do you think that that will change? That we will see the next time this rolls around, and the commissioner's already said 2026, the World Baseball Classic will be back. 
Do you think we will see buy-in from U.S. born pitchers? See, I don't think we will. I, th- I think we're going to see the best team that Japan can put on the field that their country has to offer. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you that, and you don't think they're coming to win that thing again? Absolutely. If you're the United States, there's got to be a little of that. We've had enough. But like see, they've, they've won, and we need to take our best. Show up with your best. My best against your best. And right now the United States didn't do it. Again, I'm not say, taking anything away from Kelly. But Merrill Kelly pitched in the biggest game in the WBC. I think that's all you need to say out loud. And, again, there has to be a little but, bit of that. The best pitchers on planet Earth for the United States have to show up next time. Yeah, and, and that's, that is. You know, that's, that's the, the, the point I want to make about this. Uh, and, and in some ways it may be just a cyclical thing because of the, you know, the Verlander, Scherzer. They're a little older. Their goal is to win another World Series. Absolutely. Right? That's, that's their goal, to win another sure. World yeah. Series. Uh, yeah. Garrett Cole, same thing. But I don't think that – see, the difference to me is if you're a Japanese pitcher, this is a big event to you. Like, other than Shohei Otani, this is the highlight of the, of, the, of the year for most of those guys. The, the Red Sox dude, probably not. I mean, the Red Sox dude, maybe. Maybe as well. I mean, I don't know. The Red Sox aren't going to the World Series. I think this is a highlight for a lot of those guys. I don't think it necessarily would be a highlight for Verlander or Scherzer or those guys. And that's, you know what? That's okay. Like, I, I can't criticize those guys for feeling that way. But you've got... Three years now to, if you're a, a Team USA player or a Team USA executive, you got three years now to try yeah. to sell your pitchers on coming. And really, Jeff, Kevin, Jeff. this is the thing. You know what you you just need one of those guys even. Just they probably they, pro- they probably had the best lineup ever assembled. Oh, without question. For the, for the, for the United States. Yeah, without and they question. Lost. Without just question. gets back to pitching and defense will always win and it'll always be the focal point. It's like the Blue Jays. We talk about their pitching's gonna take them where they ultimately go. We we talk about the lineup and how good it's gonna be and how many runs and how many home runs they're gonna hit because of how close the fences are at the Rogers Center. Ultimately it's gonna come down so. to who pitches the best and, and that's gonna be how far they, they go. The WB just tells you that and, and puts a period at the end of that sentence, for sure. Uh, want to throw this out, by the way, a little bit of a newsy item for uh, for our you listeners, got, especially those of, us, right those of us who, uh, those of you who are listening via podcast. Uh, this is good news. Mike Soroka is going to make his 2023 spring training debut today. We followed Mike Soroka's story, friend of the show. We've had him on, kid from Calgary, just had an off, just horrible, horrible, horrible luck. Bad, bad luck. You know, I wouldn't even call it bad luck. It's beyond bad luck with injuries. He's making a start for the Braves today. So fingers crossed for Mike, and we hope we see him in a major league game soon. Shohei Otani last night, Kevin. This is from our friends, cool. Codify Baseball. He ran to first base in 4.16 seconds. He threw a baseball wow. 101.6 miles an hour. He hit a baseball 114 miles per hour in the same game. Barry Bonds, the best hitter. Of my, I, I've seen. Shohei Otani, best yeah. player you've seen? Best player? Listen to what I said. I, 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 best I, player absolutely. you've seen? Absolutely. Everything he does on a baseball field, he does it better than everybody else that does it, that tries to do it at their position. Like, if he wanted to go and play right field, he'd be the best right fielder in baseball. He, he, he does everything better than everybody else at their position. It's in... It's it's freakish. Like I just, it's like being a Mike Trout said it best after the game when he said he's a starter that came out 
in the ninth inning as a closer, throwing 102 miles an hour with one of the best sliders ever. Like, I just – I. What he's going to get paid, I don't even know where you start. I think Joe Madden's right. How do you I, start I think, Kevin, I talking think, about it? I think you you sit down with Shohei Otani, and this is what you do. If And, and he's going to the – Write your number down and slide it over to exactly. me. That's what you do. And that's what you do. Yeah, but here's, it. but here's the way I think you approach it. You say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to negotiate a contract for you to pitch – we are negotiating, and I, like Joe Madden said, we're going to negotiate a contract for you to hit. We're going to put a clause in there in the event of injuries. If you have to stop pitching, maybe you only get 75% of what you do as a pitcher. Like We're going to work this out. And I, you know what? We'll, we'll throw in an extra $25 million because of how many jerseys you're going to sell. Like I, I, I don't know how you negotiate with this guy. I, I think I you're either. right. I think you just you, you slip him a sheet of paper and you say to him, Okay, Write the number down. This is how much the baseball team is valued. We have three, <laughs> $3.6 billion. It'd be really nice. If you could leave us $2 billion, we, we'd really appreciate it. Like, if you could with, leave with us. The ease, with the ease that he does everything, Jeff, is that's the amazing thing to me. He doesn't look like he's trying to do anything that he does on a baseball field. That's why, for me, it's as freakish as it is. It's just because he walks on a mound. It looks easy, effortless. He doesn't now, look last, like he's going to get hurt. Night, was, you know what I mean? He doesn't look like he's going to get hurt. Anybody he can just, get he hurt, looks like but he's he got the perfect like body. Yes. Uh, he's he's re- refining into having the perfect swing. Uh, he looks like he has the perfect mechanics. Uh, it just looks like what, what more could he do? Could he do anything better than he does it now? I, but I do think he can consistently do it for yeah. the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years, the way we, he's doing it now. We've got uh, Blue Jays baseball on the radio today at uh, 107 and on TV yeah, yeah. as well. The Jays in Baltimore. Let's bring in Ben Wagner, uh, oh. Blue Jays radio voice, to join us. How you doing, Mr. Wagner? He's putting his headset on right now as yeah. we speak. There you go. How you doing, Ben? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it is morning still. <laughs> I, had, I had looked at the clock just to reconfirm that, by well, the way. Well, I mean, you know now, I mean, you've been watching a lot of pitch clock baseball, and <laughs> that game last night, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, it was fun and everything, but uh, I, watched the last, uh, I watched the last inning in bed. Like, I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, miss, I miss the pitch clock. That game with the pitch clock would have oh, been be great. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> Be quiet. That's two I great s- teams playing. Be you know quiet. what? I, I saw a breakdown, right, of the pitch sequences, especially in that ninth inning. And if you look at a tie ball game or a close ball game, there would have been a lot of violations in that, right? Oh, of it's, course there would, it's yeah. the drama that's playing out. Let's be um, – Let's and, be and, honest. The pitch clock is for Kansas City Diamondbacks game in June. <laughs> That's who it's for. It's not for two great teams. No, Let's you're wrong. Lie. You're wrong. Okay? And you know what scares I'm me about wrong. this, guys? You know where this argument's going because you're already seeing it in social media. And if it happens, I'll just I'll, I'll explode. I'll tear somebody a new one if it happens. You're already hearing people say, you know, maybe we should do away with the pitch oh, clock in the playoffs. Like, stop it. In the playoffs, People that's where saying, you need it the exactly. most. Exactly. They're saying, you know, because oh it builds God. up. I mean, that's as dumb what? as the NHL playing, you know, having a, during the regular season, having a limited overtime period, then in the playoffs playing until hell freezes over in order to get a result. It's dumb. You know what? Welcome no, no, to no. 2023. The same rules that apply in the regular season ought to apply in the playoffs. Anyhow. Uh, they should. Uh, yeah. In baseball, 
desperately wants it. First off, it stopped Jorge Posada from making so many trips to the mound <laughs> in the playoffs. That I call that the Jorge Posada rule. Yes. Uh, all the trips back and forth to the mound, going over sequencing and all this other stuff. So that they at least limited that. And now this is the next massive step to stop these games from ending in the postseason at 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, listen, I, I, I realized that last night. Last night sold me on the pitch clock. I... I I wasn't on the fence. Yeah. I thought this is kind of okay, and I've enjoyed it in spring training. But last night made me think, took, I, you know, that, you know how bad it is. cookie and your warm meal <laughs> yeah. to disrupt that for you to be ticked off. Actually, it's cold, it's cold milk and a warm cookie. Is the, <laughs> let's, let's get oh, it right. Let's get it right, Parker. What? But here's the, here's the thing. I sent out on social oh. media, and I should never do this. I just said, you know, watching this game makes me miss the pitch clock. And oh. then I realized with all the replies, everybody thought I was being sarcastic. And I said, no, I'm dead serious. I miss the pitch clock. I don't want a, I don't want a two-and-a-half-hour inning. I just don't. Anyhow, I want to move on to the game today. Jose Barrios getting the start for the Blue Jays. I'll ask both of you guys. Bob Barker, you can just leave. <laughs> ben, I'll ask you first. Uh, we know what happened to Jose Barrios in the WBC. We know that Pete Walker, the Blue Jays pitching coach, said in this show, and he's told other people that he thinks it was less an issue of stuff and it was pitch selection. All right. Uh, let's work with that for now. What do you need to see from Jose Barrios today? It's a spring training start, right? But... It's this one's different. I get the impression a lot of people are going to be watching this to see if he can recover from what happened to him in the WBC. I, I think that this is a very, very big start for Jose Barrios, one to continue to build his pitch count. I want to see him get near 75 pitches. And I like this lineup for a couple of reasons that Baltimore brought in here. It's got a lot of lefties in it. And for me, for Jose Barrios to have success, he's going to need that fastball on both sides of the plate how he's going to attack right-handed and left-handed hitters. So I, w- I would really like to see, uh, specifically, is the sinker going to have some action on it, and can he get it to both sides of the plate with the way, and I'm looking here, Varvara, Stowers, Cordero, Mazzara, top four hitters are on the left side of the plate. That, to me, is a really good test for Jose Barrios today and, and how he attacks right out of the gate. I want to see it right out of the gate. How about five scoreless? How about how about? No, no, no. I want strikes. Now, how about Parker, five scoreless? Every, every once in a while, you got to see the highest paid number four starter in baseball. Is Get he five scoreless? Every once, oh, there's no question. He's the highest no paid question. number four starter in baseball. Who? Name another guy. I mean, I got all the numbers in front of me right now. How, how, how many other number fours do we talk about as much as we do, Jose Barrios? I'll That's because there's not much else Zero. to talk about. Zero. I look, I look. He's a he's a great dude, and every time everybody talks about him, it's always easy to do this. It's it's uh, you know, he didn't do that. It was about uh, pitch selection. Can't wait to get him back. Look, it's there has to be one of those moments where we gave you 130 for a reason to go out there and give you five scores every once in a while. That's what I'm wanting. But everything Ben said is exactly right. But. It's sort of we're getting to the point where I think we know this already. Now it's about going, going out there, even in a spring training game against the Orioles, which I got to admit, I got to be honest with you, Ben, the very first time I've ever seen the Orioles on the road in a spring training game, taking infield. You watching what I'm watching, Ben? I am watching. Yeah, the, I taking gotta, infield. You know what? They, no, no, no. You know what? They used to do that under Buck Showalter. It's 11-20. They used to do it under Buck Showalter. They and did. outfield. I, I will say this. I have seen each and every one of the Blue Jays in spring training competition. I've seen every game, right. every day. 
and I mean this religiously, it doesn't matter if your name's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or you're Vinny Capra, you are on the field at about this time when they're on the road doing the exact same thing. Nice. They are hell-bent on cleaning up a lot of things, getting these guys moving, getting up and, and a lot of the Jeff, attention to detail things. Jeff, you see what I did there? I talked trash about Barrios, and then I changed everybody's mind by, by talking about infield practice. See, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm growing. I hope he wins the Cy Young Award. <laughs> Me too. There, he's I hope he wins the Cy Young he's Award. He's going to need to give him 200 innings. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah, 730 yeah. innings from he's, three guys. He's one of the three guys that needs to give him close to 200 innings. He has to do it. But, again, it gets back to that. All the things that you see, does it give you confidence that he can do that for you? Uh-huh. I, mean, I just need every once in a while to see him go out there and give you five scoreless. Let's he, see it. Guys, for me, Jose Barrios is one of the top three storylines of the Blue Jays no at the question. start of the season. That's, no there's question. no doubt about that. There's top, it might be the number one talking point because I think he's the most important pitcher yes. in camp right now. But I think moving into the regular season for me, Jose Barrios is a top three focal point on the success of the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, I want to ask you this, Ben, because we're going to break in four minutes because Kevin Gossman is scheduled to join us. What are the other storylines? I'm with you. I'm with you about Barrios. I, to me, that is the number one storyline right now. What are the other storylines for you, Ben? Uh, Brandon Belt is one for me. How does he factor into that lineup? Uh, You're going to get, in my mind, a very similar opening day lineup today Mm -hmm. for the Blue Jays. And if you've looked over the last week, you've seen Springer, Bichette, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. go one, two, three. We've had a question mark on how that cleanup spot and who it belongs to with the balance in this lineup now with the flexibility of Kiermaier, Varsho, and Brandon Belt. Have they seen enough? Do we see the bat? For Brandon Belt to get in there and get consistent at bats as the DH if they're going to face a right-handed pitcher. To me, it's about how the Blue Jays construct their lineup then with right-handed pitching, and they're going to see a ton of it. Can this balance and then translate to production for the Blue Jays? That's that's another one. And and ultimately, Vladdy. I, I want to see what what's Vladimir Guerrero Jr., going to be for the Toronto Blue Jays this season. He set the bar so high two years ago. He had a really, really good season for the Blue Jays. And there are so many expectations with Vladdy. What are you going to get from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year? You know, I mean, he's got the ability to roll out of bed and hit 50 home runs. And he's looked really, really good in spring training at the plate. Defensively, he's been great, even coming off the knee thing. Uh, That durability, that longevity. I, I want to know if Vladdy can play 155 games. Dalton Varsho, the runners in scoring position. That's, that's the one Huge. guy for me. He's been hitting sixth. He's going to be coming up with some traffic on the bases. He's going to have to drive in some runs. I like the, the, the at-bats, the, the lower half, uh, the handling 0 for 15s. You know, th- th- this ain't the Diamondbacks. Well, like, there's going to be some things of can he do it, and that for me is going to be an intriguing part of it because the at-bats are going to be a little different when you're a contending team and you come up a lot of traffic on the bases. And where he's hitting in the order, if he hits sixth, Look, he's going to have traffic. The bats are going to have to be better than we've seen in spring training. I know it's spring training. Don't roll your eyes. I want to ask. But I want, it's intriguing for me. I want to ask Ben that because he has seen every game. Ben, uh, uh, Varsho and Chapman uh, have not – the spring numbers aren't there. And we know that – well, I shouldn't say they're not there. It, it Numerically, it has not been a good spring. And we're led to believe that Matt Chapman is still searching for something. Yeah. Uh, what's your read on those two in particular? Less concerned about Varsho after talking with some people in the last couple of days than I am about Chapman. Chapman's changed a lot. Chapman has changed a lot 
at the plate. And here's a guy that hit 27 home runs last year and feels that he can be a bigger impact in this lineup by getting on base more, producing more RBI, scoring more runs. He wants to have a better balanced attack, and it's a massive year for Matt Chapman, and he's made a significant change. You know, he doesn't have that leg kick anymore. He's going with the toe tap. Uh, he's searching for that rhythm at the plate. Varsho, for me, in talking with some of the coaches and the people that have broken down his swing, he had a little bit of a leg kick last year, got away from it, brought it back towards the tail end, and it's a little bit of an, a simpler approach right now for Varsho. But again, we just haven't seen the numerical impact on that. But he's a feel guy. He's going to tinker with this swing a lot. And, and the coach that I was talking to, he said, if you know, if you see him tinker with things, don't panic. This is just how he is made up. Mm. He is a feel guy. Some days he might feel slower in the top half than he does in the bottom half. He might get out of bed the next day, and it might be reversed. So you're going to see him tinker with his swing a lot over the course of the year. And that is exactly what he's doing right now, just based on the feel, day in and day out. So um, less urgency for me to see the actual impacted numbers with Varsho. Ben, really appreciate your time today. Look forward to your call this afternoon. 107 is the first pitch. The Jays against the Orioles in Dunedin. It's also on TV. Can't wait. But it is also on TV, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mr. Barker, hang in there. We'll be joined by Kevin Gossman when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. One oh seven is the time of the first pitch today. The Jays and Orioles in Dunedin as we move into the final week of spring training and pointing back a week from tomorrow's opening day still don't know the identity of the opening day starter uh, i believe in the 23rd uh is the day that uh tomorrow is the day major league baseball has agreed that teams will announce their opening day starter um safe to say that our next guest is in the frame to be the opening day starter and i'm not going to ask him if he knows it or not yet because i going to put him on the spot here kevin gossman joins us on blair and barker kevin thanks so much uh, for joining us today. We trust that spring training has gone well. Uh, having watched your starts, having seen the numbers, and I know they're spring training numbers, and having see how, seen how you've sort of handled the pitch clock and, and all of those good things, it, it seems like it's been a good spring for you. What, what determines in your mind a quote-unquote good spring? Well, uh, first off, hey guys, thanks for, thanks for having me. You know, first off, I would say uh, a good spring is, you know, getting through spring healthy. That, I mean, that's number one. You know, if you can keep everybody healthy through spring, then I think as a team you, you feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, there's always something that comes up, whether it's a guy getting hit by a pitch or, you know, coming out of the box a little too quick, too early. And, um, you know, but I feel like we've done a great job of, you know, keeping those those guys ready to go, but also kind of giving them um, time to, you know, get acclimated to spring. And, and I mean, listen, all of our pitchers kind of came in and, you know, first couple of games of camp, you know, you could tell that everybody came in, in, in great shape and, and in good arm health. And so, you know, we've, we've been, we've been good in that sense for sure. Kevin, there's a lot of things that, that I'd like to talk to you about, but I want to start. I, I heard you a couple of days ago talk about you're setting your eyes a little higher when you want to 
throw your split finger in different ways. And that's very intriguing to me because that pitch is obviously not telling you anything you don't know. It's a strike-to-ball pitch, right? You're trying to get some swing and misses, but some adjustments that hitters have made, you're trying to adjust eyesight. I just want to ask, I've been around as long as you have and, and has had success the way you have. Is that a tough adjustment to, to change eye level? Do you have to change grip? Do you do anything different mechanically? Because i, I got to be honest with you, when I hear you say things like that, it doesn't sound like an easy adjustment. Has it been easy? What's the changes have, have been for you in that? Well, you know, the good thing for me is um, I try to pitch up a, up in the zone a lot with my fastball, and so I think that kind of helps me to be able to know where where I can start my split, you know, um, height-wise, for it to be a strike and for it to not to be. Um, you know, and um, like you said, teams are, are making adjustments against me, and, and i got to be able to, you know, I have to be able to show that I can throw up for a strike, you know, because if I never do, then, you know, some games they'll come out and they'll just swing it, splits out of my hand, you know, but other games, um, kind of the other day against Detroit, you know, early on, I threw some really good splits that they just kind of shut down on pretty early, um, you know, almost out of my hand, they saw it down and, and kind of let it go. And so, you know, that's where, you know, me and Jano have conversations like, Hey, that's, you know, let's, let's start moving it up just a tad bit more. Um, it's, you know, sometimes you get beat doing that, to be honest, you know, sometimes, uh, Sometimes you just want to stay with with your strengths and, and pitch down the zone and make them make the adjustment, um, you know. But I felt like I wasn't in, in as favorable accounts as I would have liked to, you know. A lot of a lot of O two to two twos, you know. Um, and so um, during the season, some of those things happen, you know. And, and you got to be able to make adjustments. But it definitely helps me that I pitch up in the zone a lot with my fastball. And something that I work on a lot is throwing up in the zone. And so. You know, more often than not, my, my split is starting down. And so it's easier to go down to up than up to down. You know, if you're throwing everything up and then you got to start trying to go down, I think it's a lot harder than, than the other way. And so, um, you know, that's just something that I've learned the last couple of years watching guys kind of try to change their approach against me. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep with this question, but but I think you you sort of opened the door when it comes to you, you talk about the way they take your split finger. And the very first thing I thought of is, would that be when you would throw more sliders? Like if a if a hitter is taking that tunneling split finger and you're like, uh-oh, they either see it, I'm giving something away. I know you've worked a little bit more on your slider. You want to be a little bit more unpredictable. Is that when you would use the slider a little bit more? And have you liked the, the way it's breaking, the usage, all the things that go into the slider yeah i mean that's definitely a time when um you can start to try to move the get the ball to move the, the other way you know but yeah um and that's one thing as the season went on last year you know my slider percentage went up and it was just based on what guys are trying to do me do against me you know especially um you know we're not going to be facing the teams in our division as much as we used to but you know sometimes you got five starts against the same team they're going to make adjustments and if they don't then um, then you're shocked out there that they're not, you know. And so, um, you know, for me, uh, I think the slider is going to be a big pitch, especially against lefties because, um, you know, I've had a couple punch outs on back foot sliders this spring, and that's really a pitch that I never really felt that confident in throwing. But, you know, now I can kind of see certain guys um, what a big pitch it'll be for me, especially, like I said, lefties that are just trying to, you know, if they're fighting off some really good splits and they're kind of hanging over the plate, if I can throw something that's going to look like a fastball but come into them um, that they especially don't think I'm going to throw. You know, if you look at my 
my numbers against lefties, you know, back foot sliders, I don't really throw that pitch. I, I backdoor it early in the count. And so I don't think they're ever looking for that, especially with two strikes. And so I think that'll be a big pitch that you might see a lot more out of me this year than maybe years past. But yeah, I've been, I've been tinkering with my slider and, um, you know, it, it's funny. I read a quote, um, Max Scherzer said a couple years ago that, you know, it takes you three years to really develop a pitch, um, a certain pitch grip. And so, you know, I'm, I'm about year three and a half of throwing the slider that I've been throwing and, um, it's gotten better every year. And last year towards the year, towards the end of the year, I felt confident really throwing it to anybody and, and, you know, just knowing that my misses are going to be off the plate, you know, and not. I'm not going to throw a, a bad slider middle-middle, um, you know, because I just have so much focus when I throw that pitch, knowing that I don't want to get beat on my third-best pitch, right? And so I pick my spots when to throw it, but I do feel confident that, you know, throwing it to, you know, throwing it to judge, throwing it to guys that I normally maybe wouldn't. Um, and that, that's why it was so big for me later in the year. And, Kevin, coming into spring training, there was, I, I remember I mean, Jason Stark, a lot of people did articles on you, national guys, including the local guys, about the rules changes, right? The, the, the enforcement of the Bach, um, you know, you're already dealing with the pitch clock. Uh, you know, this is a baseball's d- restricting shifts. I mean, all this stuff that's going on. Pitchers are using Pitchcom or have the availability to use Pitchcom. And I keep getting back to what you said about it being a good spring. Do you think that all these changes... In, including the possibility of pitchers using pitch comp. Is that going to make make it easier for you to do what you have to do? You know, I'm thinking of the numbers last year, batting average with balls in, in, in play and things of this nature. There's going to be fewer shifts. Like, is it going to make it easier for you, do you think? You know, I don't know. I think the book is out on that. So we're going we're gonna to find out, right? Um, you know, I know that there were some games last year that, you know, before the game – they would come to me and be like, hey, we're going to play straight up, um, except for, you know, these these couple guys. And and those games, you know, sometimes it worked out, and sometimes, you know, that's the thing with the shift is, uh, you know, you only talk about it when it doesn't work, right? Hmm. So um, you can always look, you know, hindsight's 50-50. You can always look at the, the blue pits that you give up or the ground ball that would have been right at the third baseman. Um, but more often than not, um, you know, especially for me, like, the ground ball through the four hole that I get a lot of lefties to hit. Um, you know, my first hit I gave up this spring was a ground ball through the four hole, you know, and last five years of my career, that's been out because either the second baseman's back or, and then the short shortstop is where the second baseman is or, or vice versa. So um, those are things that you're going to see that are going to change. But um, I think it'll actually help me against righties, you know, cause I actually pitch a lot of fastballs down the way to righties that, more ground balls through the four hole because we were shifted because a lot of guys like to pull the ball. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, there'll be some outs in certain places that there weren't before, but there'll also be some hits where there was out. And so, um, the biggest thing with spring was getting used to the pitch clock and getting used to, you know, having, having an enforcement that you haven't always had. And, um, you know, I think about the young guys, like, for me, I feel like it really took me three years in the big leagues to figure out how to slow the game down. And that's what everybody talks about is the speed of the game in the big leagues is faster than anywhere else. Well, now the speed is going to be even quicker because you're on the clock. And so, you know, those young guys 
Um, some of them have had experience in the minor leagues with it, but, you know, it, it's a different animal in the big leagues. Everything is. And so those things are going to be magnified. And um, if you haven't figured that out or if you're a guy who takes a lot of time, you know, you got to change your 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 pre-pitch routine. And, and I've had to do that in spring. Usually I'm a guy that if I strike a guy out, you know, I kind of walk around the mound and, um, you know, another guy that does that is Scherzer. You know, he used to walk all the way towards second base. Yes. You, you can't do that anymore. You know, you just can't. Um, you know, if guys are on base, you have 10 extra seconds. But, you know, how are you going to use those seconds to calm yourself down and not, you know, be walking around? And so um, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, having to just throw a pitch and get right back on the mound. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, when weather comes into it, you know, if it's raining, like, and pitchers are slipping, are they going to give us the benefit of the doubt to wipe off our spikes, you know, or, um, little things like that, that I think the book is still out on. And so we'll kind of see as we go and, and hopefully, you know, MLB and the players can continue to communicate and come up with kind of a happy medium of how we're going to deal with some of those things. Kevin, you're a veteran guy. When do you start paying attention as a pitcher to your velocity on all your pitches? Um, I would say probably, you know, start two, start three. Um, you know, I think the the first one is honestly just to get used to having adrenaline again, you know, and being yeah. out there and competing um, and making sure that your body is as, as ready as it can to go out there and and do what you want because once you guys once you get guys in the box you know you're going to want to compete um you got a guy oh two you got a guy in a big spot that's it's coming up um you're not going to hold anything back you know you're gonna you're gonna go like you normally have always gone so um you just got to make sure that your body's ready for that but i would say probably the third start is when i really you know if, if i'm if i'm out there struggling and i feel like my arm's slow then you know, I just don't feel like I'm in a good spot. But, you know, knock on wood, I've felt really good this spring. And, um, you know, I feel like I did a lot of work in the off season to come in prepared. And um, and it seems like everybody has. You know, everybody came in and um, came in guns blazing. And I think that's because of the way that last season ended. You know, um, right after the game, our, our first talk was, hey, let's use this as motivation. Let's not hold our head. Um you know, obviously we came up short and, and lost to a really good team that came in and, and played two really good baseball games. You know, um, Luis Castillo came in and pitched one of the best games of his career and in the biggest game of his career up to that point. And so, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due, but we definitely all went into the off season with a sour taste in our mouth and we know how much talent we have in the clubhouse. And so it's just control the things that we can control. And, and that's being as prepared and, and mentally tough and physically tough that we can possibly be. Last question from us. And uh, then we'll let you go. Obviously a lot of talk about the world baseball classic today, that, that showdown between Otani and Trout. Um, you know, I looked at Kevin and I talked about this a little earlier. That was the, maybe the best lineup I've seen a team have the U S team. A lot of people would look at the pitching and go, you know, man, they, they could have used a few more arms. I'm just wondering, do you, do you think that because of the way this tournament has developed, Kevin, are, are, are guys going to be, and I'm thinking of pitchers now, are they going to be more likely to sign on to this thing? Like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you were asked, maybe it's not an issue for you. Maybe you would have said, hey, sign me up, I'm good to go. 
or do you think that guys are still going to be a little cautious? Because, like, I can see it both ways, right? I can see it both ways. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough question. I mean, um, you got to think it. It sounds bad to say, but you know, sometimes you got to you have to think about yourself, and Absolutely. you have to think about you know where you're at in your career. Um, you know, certain guys feel like they've you know already whether they've already made the money that they want to make or they've already had the career that they want, um, you know, and, and they're perfectly fine with, with, you know, being ramped up in, in January and making sure that you're as good to go as you can for, you know, and that goes back to like, you go into a game and you're facing the Dominican Republic lineup. You're not going to casually go into that game, you know, just with the names that are in that lineup if you're not ready, you know, you could, you could really, you could really hurt yourself and then you're out for, you know, it, again, it sounds bad to say, but the games didn't mean the most and that's the regular season for us. You know, um, I mean, for me personally, uh, I, I didn't get invited. I didn't get asked. Um, I don't, I wouldn't have, but that's just because I want to be able to, to go for every start for the Blue Jays. And I want to be as prepared, you know, I think we can make a, a run at this and, Hopefully I'm pitching in November. Now, does that mean that I should be throwing, you know, 96 and being ready to get, you know, Juan Soto out in the middle of January? Like, for me, that's, that's a no. But for other guys, I totally get why you would do it. I mean, I would love to have that Team USA jersey in my man cave hanging. You know, that would be so cool. And from talking to everybody that was a part of it, it seemed like it was a lot of fun, and that's what everybody kind of kept saying was it was the most fun that they've had playing baseball in a while. And for some of those guys, I'm sure it's going to help them going into the season. You know, position players-wise, it definitely helps that they were facing some of the guys that they were facing. Um, and I think that's where it's kind of hit or miss. Is As a position player, it's got to be beneficial, right? If you feel healthy and you're able to go out there and, and get live ABs in these big situations, you know, there's – 45, 50,000 people at those games, um, you're not going to have that really. You'll have that opening day, but you know, you're not going to have that any given night during the regular season. So maybe those guys are way more prepared and especially some of these rookies that, you know, are on some of these teams that might get called up. That's definitely going to prepare them for, for the big leagues. Um, you know, but that's, it's just a tough question to answer. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it's all based on your personal opinion, you know, um, like I said, it would have been great to, to be a part of it, but I'd rather be healthy for for this team and for these teammates that um, you know that I know and I'm going to spend you know, the next nine months with. Kevin, listen, you're always gracious with your time. Uh, you were again today. We really appreciate it. No uh, keep the good spring going. Let it roll over into the regular season. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you in Toronto. Thanks very much for this. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Take care. That's Kevin Gossman of the Toronto Blue Jays. So the Jays have said they've run out their pitching for this weekend. Manoa starts Friday. Gossman's next start is Saturday. So if you look at Gossman's start, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he'd be pitching the opening day on his fifth day, his regular turn. But if that's the case and Manoa's pitching on Friday, Manoa's going to be pitching... Seven days rest, seven Se full days. Seven full days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There Friday. you go. Yeah, there you go. Good old University of Manitoba. Uh, but anyhow, um, University of Manitoba education comes through. So, yeah, it, it. we've kind of thought Kevin would get the start on opening day. 
Um, he would for me. Well, he would for me too. And you know what? I think part of me wonders if the way that, like part of me wonders if John had a do-over in that playoff game. Like oh, I, no I almost, you know. There's I, no question. I almost think that you kind of, <laughs> you know, maybe Kevin's your, Kevin's your guy. Oh, um, no question. But uh, anyhow, we appreciate him joining us, and uh, yeah, he's always he's always terrific to talk to, man. He, if you're a young person and want to <clears throat> know a little bit about what the ins and outs of pitching he's is the guy. all about, listen to him talk yeah. about that and what it goes into which pitch and when to throw it and how much to throw it. It's that was pretty awesome to listen to. Um, well, the back leg line is open four one six four one three three nine five nine. It's always open twenty four seven. I'm not saying that there's you know somebody working, but you'll get you'll hear. So you can call Barker at like 3 in the morning. You'll hear Barker's voice on the phone, leave a voice Ooh. note. Barker is flying back tomorrow. He won't be on the show. He'll be in studio Friday. So we're not going to send him an assignment today. We're going to let him go off to Cracker Barrel or Island Way <laughs> Grill or wherever it is that they're going to be eating. I, tonight's got Island Way written all over it, man. Yeah, I'm not sure. This might ah. be date night for me and my wife. So we'll, oh. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, Island Way is a solid call and date night, too. Ah. All right. We'll see. Yeah. Anyhow, I'll just uh, I'll just move on. But uh, we are going to take a question for Kev. This one from Rob in Peterborough. Just wondering if you can explain options uh, a little bit more in depth because I heard you talking about Otto Lopez and uh, and uh, I think uh, Nick Lucas having three versus one option. How many options do players get, and uh, what does that look like in terms of managing their time in the majors thank you very much bye-bye uh an option runs for a year and uh it depends on your service time uh you're you're given a set uh a set number uh of options and basically having an option means the team can send you down without having to put you on waivers otherwise they got to put you in waivers which opens the possibility of of you being uh of you being chosen by another team um yeah i've always kind of thought and, and I mean this with all due respect, Kevin. Delive. I almost looked at guys and I go, really? What? Nobody's going to claim this guy in options, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's not that big a deal. But it's the way teams manage their roster. In the case of Nathan Lucas, it's got nothing necessarily to do with age um, all, all the time. Uh, Otto Lopez has been called up and down enough that he's got one option left, which is this year. Uh, Nathan Lucas hasn't been up that often. He's got three options left. So it, options shouldn't be necessarily a uh, uh an issue when it comes to to deciding between those two guys and uh you know i beyond that i gotta tell you there are, there are i mean i'll just read you the definition that's probably these players on a 40-man roster are given three minor league options an option allows that player to be sent to the minor leagues without being first subjected to waivers players who opt into the minors are removed from the team's active 26-man roster but remain on the 40-man roster. If you're out of options, you must be designated for assignment. That removes you from the 40-man roster and pass through waivers before being sent to the minors. Players typically have three option years, but those who have accrued less than five full seasons, including both the majors and minors, are eligible for a fourth if their three options have been exhausted already. Uh, For the purposes of this rule, spending at least 90 days on an active major league or minor league roster during a given season counts as one full season. Uh, so there you go. Uh, players are all, also earn a full season if they spend at least 30 days on an active major league or minor league roster and their active roster and injured list time amounts to at least 90 days in a given season. Um, 
and then of course you get into things the 27th man on the uh on the uh, uh called up for double headers and this is interesting a player's option years do not need to be used in succession any player with fewer than five years of major league service time and an option year remaining can be optioned to the minor leagues players with more than five years of service time must consent to being optioned so there you go uh, yeah, I, I would say that applies to some teams who are not contending. But I would say with the Blue Jays, you're taking the best 26 yes. that you want to take north because it's all about winning, and you're trying to win from day one. So I, I would think that's that 26 guy, I'm not saying it's not going to be a sort of a revolving door. Well, it could be. It will, it will be based on injury, I'm assuming, outfielders, infielders, yes. all those things. But I would think to start the season, they will take the 26 guy that they think and this is the year, best for that day in that series. And this year, you got to take 13 pitchers. Absolutely. So, so, so there is something that goes into it, and yeah, not saying it's the be all end all, but there is a lot of thought that goes into it, and they are contending for a World Series. It will matter. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that's uh, I, I like. I think it's going to be a revolving door all year. I, Not sure you can go wrong with either guy, though. I think both of them both of them fill a need, which is what you want. Mr. Barker, safe travels tomorrow. We'll look forward to seeing you in studio on Friday. I'll expect cigars upon your return. Uh, huh. Huh. For uh, Lance, Jen, and Mark, you keep us on the air. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. Reminder. A week from today, we go to two hours. Have yourself a great day.